Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Welcome into the best in paranormal programming. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. I'm excited for today's guest, folks. Rob Guttrow is with us, and we are talking all sorts of things paranormal today. We're not only talking investigating, we're going to talk a little bit about pets in the afterlife. I know you guys are passionate about your pets. I'm passionate as well. I'm going to surprise Rob a little bit. I'm going to throw him a little bit of a curveball today. Uh, you guys know the curveball and throwing him today, but he's not quite aware. We'll do that in a little bit here. Rob is an author, paranormal investigator, and medium with inspired ghost tracking of Maryland. Uh, since he was a child, he could receive messages from ghosts or spirits who have crossed over. And as a scientist, he's also provided some scientific explanations about how energy is the baseline for the afterlife and the medium that entities use to communicate. Uh, in 2005, Rob's late puppy passed and inspired Rob to write his first book and enabled him to communicate with pets. Rob participates in private paranormal investigations and helps ghosts cross over and has provided countless messages from people or pets as ghosts or spirits. He lived in a haunted house as well, so... We've got a lot to talk to Rob about as he has quite a few series of books out there and, and we'll get to each one of them. We'll kind of take a cursory look at all of them as uh, we go throughout this hour. Let's welcome into Darkness Radio, Rob Gutro. Rob, how are you doing today? Hey, Tim, doing great. Thanks for having me today. Well, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Okay, so we're going to start off right away today. And just, I, I know we talked to you before about pets in the past and the afterlife, I want to spring a little bit of a surprise on you here. And and we've had other pet communicators on in the past. This seems to be the one they skirt around. I want to see if you want to skirt around this or talk about this. I have a little bit of a different twist. And maybe it's not a different twist to you. But how do you feel about taming wild animals and having a bit of a wild pet? And I'll explain this to you. Uh, here at the house, we have three tame chipmunks. Now, they're wild animals. But they're hand-fed. Um, they live out in the wild. They have names. They answer to mm -hmm. them. And, and we feed them treats, but they live out in the wild habitat. And they, they for all intents and purposes, they just, they're, they're buddies. They're not, we don't possess them. We don't keep them in cages. We don't, you know, but, but they're... They they actually left little thank you gifts at the end of the season. They're now in torpor. They they're sleeping. Um, but it's a little bit of a different bond. And I know of other people around the world. I've seen YouTube clips and and been on social media. And I know that other people out there 
It's a very weird community, Rob, I'll tell you. But there's this little <laughs> chipmunk community out there that's out there. We're a special breed, I guess. Do you know of no, other? That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so I, I liken it to uh, caring for a feral cat colony. Okay, good. They, they get to know you. <clears throat> they have their own personalities and they pick up language and our emotions and, and so forth. So it's the, it's the same thing. It's just that they live outside instead of inside. What does that feel like psychically to you, that type of bond? Is it different than a house pet? Not really. Um, it's just, I mean, they're, they just see less of us okay. than they do. And um, so they don't learn things that happen in the home, of course, but they learn how we behave outside. So the bond is still there. It's just a matter of the environment in which it happens. It's funny. I, I want to tell you a kind of a weird story and i know my i don't think my cousin's listening so i don't think she'd be offended but she has a, <laughs> she has a different experience with chipmunks the the chipmunks at her house basically destroyed the garage and the the attic and all that and i said yeah. to her kind of half jokingly well if you only would have fed them they would have uh, i don't think they would have destroyed your house but then i kind of noticed that through feeding the three little guys that we have it's almost like they respect our area. It's almost like they see our house as a den. Like that's our den. We have our den. They have their den. And we don't go near their den. Is that accurate? Is that the thinking of a chipmunk or the thinking of an animal? Like they have their area. We have our area. Or do they not care? Um, I think that they understand the boundaries. Sure. <clears throat> that, uh, But it, Again, it's like treating, it's like encountering people. If you treat them nicely, they'll treat you nicely too. And, and they learn, they, they have a mutual respect for you as well as you do with them. So, oh, yeah. Okay. I agree. Okay. So is that, is that pretty much the thing with nature? If, if you, it, it's a mirror image type thing, you show that respect, it gives it back. If you show, uh, animosity towards it it will it will reflect it back yeah i believe so uh, it's it's all about treatment of others and that includes pets as well so that that uh pertains to people who abuse pets so for those who abuse pets pets won't have any respect for you hmm. so same thing and that's why when people lose pets that they may have adopted later that pets that were given up from abusive families those pets don't connect to the abusers in the afterlife they only connect to the people that show them love that brings about a very interesting question and i may be asking you some questions that make you crazy about it. i mean i'm sure there's some people that absolutely ask <laughs> okay. you some questions that drive you nuts and if i ask you one of those let me know um i've always been curious about people that are dual in their personality with you. Like, let's say there is someone who comes to you and says, well, I really miss, miss my pet, but they're not being honest with you. They're being duplicitous, duplicitous. That's the word I'm looking for with you. And they didn't treat their pet as well as they should have in life. Mm -hmm. Can you pick up on that? Does, does it come through? Do you hear from that animal? And they say, oh, no, 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 no. I want nothing to do with this guy or gal. Um, once in a while, it hasn't happened very often, but they will, uh, pets will make me feel like they've been, uh, ignored sometimes. Okay. Um, uh, not, you know, or yelled at a lot. Mm -hmm. um, 
but often they just recognize that they may have done something wrong. Um, it, they're really about unconditional love, and, and that's that's a concept that we as humans just can't grasp. Uh, so they're much more forgiving than we are. Okay, okay. I know what, or I think I know what keeps a, a, a human spirit earthbound. What would keep a, a pet earthbound? Because I'd like to think that that pet goes over the rainbow bridge, that they're happy, that there's lots of treats and love and they're good. But what keeps them here with us? That's a good question. And I've only encountered four earthbound domestic animals um, okay. in all the years I've been doing this, which has been like 15. Um what happens with in the, the cases of those four, they were so attached to their pet parent that after, their, after they passed, they decided to stay and they ignored crossing over. Now, typically 99% of our pets and, and wild animals will cross over because they can sense that the other side is nothing but peace and love and, and, and happiness. Um, but some can be stubborn. Once in a great while, we get them. Mm. Um there was one dog that I ran into when I, I visited England. Uh, it was Sir John Soane's uh, house. It's a museum. He was an architect there. When I walked in, there was a little black and tan dog running around. And I saw the dog, but, um, you know, my, my partner didn't see it. And <laughs> neither, neither did the people behind me, but I did mention it. Turned out that other people that worked in the museum saw the dog often. And it was Mrs. Soane's dog who passed away in the 1800s. Wow. Um, and he was, that, that little dog, Fanny, was so attached to her that she she stayed. And now, in the afterlife, she still loves to run to the door and greet people who come in. So she's she's actually having a good afterlife. Well, that's good. I mean, I would hate to think that a dog is stuck here and not having a good afterlife, you know? That they would be even more confused because it seems like... Some of the spirits that are stuck here in the afterlife, it doesn't seem like they're having such a good afterlife, you know. Gosh, no, no. So, it, for everybody who's listening, uh, if you, you have a choice when you die, you can stay here earthbound as a ghost in a usually in a place that you're familiar with, or you can cross over and cross over because if you stay here, it, I consider that like being in in hell, really, because if you think about it. And Tim, you're you're stuck in a place that nobody can hear you unless you're lucky enough to meet a medium. Nobody can you can't interact with anybody. It's like an isolation prison cell for eternity as a ghost. I know there are a lot of people, Rob, who listen to the show who are unsure and and they're looking for that that spiritual answer. And, and uh, you know, there's been, we've, we've heard the stories over the years in the media that there are less people going to, or turning to religion. Uh, mm -hmm. There are less people in church these days. Um, and there, there are more people watching, you know, spiritual programming on TV or paranormal programming on TV, hoping to get that, that uh, confirmation that there's something there. And it, it scares me for this reason. And I'm not, I'm not pitching religion here. Don't get me wrong, Rob. But, but what scares me is, is that, what you just stated there, that, that people will get to that end point in their life yeah. and they'll go, I don't know that I want to go. I don't know that I want to, I want to cross over. Yeah. That I, don't, I don't know that I want to take that journey because 
maybe I like my life here, or maybe I, I don't know what's on that other side. Mm-hmm. And it was Adam Barry that said something on this show that actually kind of alarmed me. And that is we've, he believes that maybe we formed our own afterlife or we form our own afterlife and that maybe an atheist, if they think that there's no afterlife, maybe sitting in their own grave that, that they, they don't do that. They don't take that journey or. Yeah. I, I have to disagree respectfully with that okay. because, um, because we we all we're all intelligent okay. um we're all perceptive animals are very perceptive um and when when we die we we can we see that that doorway to the other side and we feel it because it's emotional too it's it's not only energy it's it's emotional as well plus the spirits of our loved ones are on the other side mm-hmm. whether they're people or pets and they're they're like hey come on <laughs> this is like the place to be so it doesn't. You don't have to have a religious belief um, to to know what's on the to go to the other side. I mean, if if that were the case, Tim, there would be billions of earthbound ghosts, and there really are not. Okay. So I mean, yeah. even the, there's no there's no ghost dinosaurs either. <laughs> Why? Right. Because they they were animals or reptiles, and they sensed the good. You know, the the good, the peace on the other side, and they've crossed over. So. So, no, I don't, I totally have to <laughs> go the other way with that. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. As someone who senses animals and, and animal communicators, can you sense the ghost of a dinosaur? Has that ever happened? Have you ever, have you ever nope. picked up on one? No? Nope. They've never stayed. No. Hmm. Can you sense one on the other side? I, I haven't tried. Okay. But, um, <laughs> Uh, by now they so usually what happens is once everybody that you know in this life has has crossed over then you all come back so dinosaurs have been recycled over and over and over and over and over again as different animals so no i I don't think i would ever be able to sense one so much like we all have soul families Mm -hmm. do you think dinosaurs had soul families as well do you think they maybe all eventually came back as chickens i mean it's a weird thought but (laughs) but do you think maybe they all came back and we ate them sure (laughs) sure you know it's it's kind of like a an energetic spiritual recycling bin if you will (laughs) (laughs) i mean i hate to throw the weird thought out there rob but it's it's good you know i mean it's it's kind of a karmic thing don't you think that one time they were running around they were the biggest predators on earth and then eventually they just became uh they became a tyson product a chicken nugget yeah yeah yeah. in the shape of a dinosaur that's right. karma. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm just you know I, I'm just throwing out perhapses here, um, and a little bit of levity, you know. <laughs> I uh, like your sense of humor, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when our pets have, have crossed over, I mean, obviously they there are people who are are just struck with grief, and they want to they want that one last communication with their pet. Yeah. Um, what are some ways that they can connect with their pet or that their pet may be trying to communicate with them? There are many different ways. Um, they use physical signs. They use noises. They, uh, they lead us to another pet that looks like them. Um, they usually get us some kind of sign on uh, birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays uh, because they recognize the emotional energy shift in us. And that means 
that they know something good is is to happen those those days. Um, there have been you can hear maybe a, a jingle of a collar. <clears throat> you may hear them bark or meow or whinny or in the case of a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole range of signs that they can give us. And that's what I wrote the books, the series of pets in the afterlife books about it, to teach people how our pets will be communicating with us from the other side. Excellent. Uh, what is the most moving animal spiritual message you can get and why? The most moving one. Um, gosh, well, there, there have been a lot of them, but um one of the things that pets will always tell me when we have to make the decision to help them cross over is a big thank you. And please don't feel guilty for helping me out of pain Mm. and helping me move on because it means that we as humans learn their lesson as unconditional love. And that's what they're here to teach us. So they never want us to feel guilt at all. And they don't want us to feel guilt either about adopting another pet after they pass because they know that they had received love, tremendous love, which is a gift. Love, love is a gift. And when we lose a precious pet, they know, at, because they're connected as energy, they know there are so many living pets that would need that love. So they're happy for us to adopt another. I know it's hard, especially when there's a, a, a pet that's, going through a, a tough time, maybe it's got cancer, maybe it's got a blood disease, maybe it's it's something where it's a slow death. It's hard for a pet owner to have to euthanize a pet and have to go in and sit with that pet as it's being put down. Um, a lot of times they want to turn away, they want to leave it to the doctor to do so. Can you speak for a moment about how it helps both the pet and the owner's soul growth to go through that journey together? Sure. Um, it, we we really have to look at our pets like children because they really are children, and we raise them to be children. Mm-hmm. Um, take them to school. We teach them how to play well with others. And, um, we take them to the doctor. We teach them how to, we potty train them, uh, and so forth. And it, we even take you know we do we do everything we do for a human child except they don't grow up and marry us, marry someone you don't like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that said, they are, think of them as a three to five year old child. And when you leave the room, sometimes when you go out even and they're living, they have anxiety because they want to be with their pet parent. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when it comes to passing and passing is such a deeply connected event in our lives. Sometimes pets want, most times pets want somebody around, but sometimes they pass on their own. Um, And the reason they would pass on their own is because they know that the pet parent is so emotional that they would never be able to purge that memory. And, And they don't want us to remember them while they're passing. They want us to remember them as energetic. Okay. And, you know, and, and having a good life. Um, but it is critical, really, to to be with your pet if you can, because think about it. Would you like to be put in a sterile environment by yourself, and you know your 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 partner or your your family walks out and goes, "I can't deal with the grief." No, 
if you don't have that strength, have somebody you know stay with the pet. Or if you can't even do that, um, put a put an article of your clothing in with the pet so they have your scent on it. Um, and that will offer them comfort because set, uh, pets are, are scent-oriented. Right. Um, so that's what's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's a hard thing. Um, it really is. Um, and, and they... Yeah. They totally understand if we can't be there too, because they know that it may be too emotionally traumatic for us as well. So, so, so take heart in knowing that because they're so intuitive, they, they can actually, um, they can sense that. Um, and they understand. Um, and, and they always tell me too, that there's no need to ask forgiveness if you can't be there either, because they, they get it. They read our emotions. Exactly. But there's nothing like the love of a pet. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I tell you what, let's take our break right here. When we come back, let's talk about ghost tracking and talk about your signature books, Ghosts and Spirits, in that series. Of course, we've been talking about the series. Now, you have three books with the pets in the Afterlife series, correct? I just actually published my fourth one. Your fourth one? About spirit cats. Yes. <laughs> really? Spirit cats. Okay, so uh, can you break it down for us real quick? Why why the three books to begin with? What what are in the three books with the with the Pets in the Afterlife series? And 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 why just one book on spirit cats? Uh well I I, I caved okay. <laughs> to the cat barn. <laughs> okay. Um, the the number three was about spirit dogs. Mm-hmm. So number two is about cats, dogs, birds horses, any domesticated animal and how they communicate. Okay. And number one basically has, it, it, it's about Buzz's story. Buzz is the one that inspired me to write my first book. He's my puppy that was killed by a car when he was seven months old and awakened my abilities again. Um, it also is filled with some science, science of energy, how that works, um, how pets communicate and stories by three mediums who are friends of mine who communicate with their dogs in spirit and a really cool story from a dog, a fellow dog rescue volunteer, how she was rescued as a little girl from the ghost of a German shepherd. Really? Very very interesting. (laughs) Well, uh, again, folks, we have links to Rob's books and his website in the description of this program. I want you to, during the break, go to Rob's website and pick up some of these books. It sounds amazing. Uh, but we're going to leave those stories for people to pick up in the book because we want you to check those out in the book. When we come back, we'll talk about ghosts and spirits, and we'll talk about Rob's investigation team. We'll also talk about what a medium does on vacation. That'll happen when we come back. Uh, we'll talk about Tombstone, Arizona. You and I have something in common there, Rob. The fact that we've both been to Tombstone. So we'll talk about the Birdcage Theater when we come back. That's all coming up next on The Best in Paranormal Podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back to the Best in Paranormal Podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Our guest is Rob Guttrow. We're talking about not only pets in the afterlife, but we're also talking about paranormal investigation as well. And what does a medium do on vacation? Well, we're about to find out. Uh, welcome back to the program here, Rob. Uh, your signature Thank book, you. Ghosts and Spirits, outlines uh, the difference between the two entities. Let's get into it a little bit here because I think we intertwine the two a lot, Ghosts and Spirits. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between the two? Yeah, so um, that was really the uh, kind of a breakthrough for me um, because I've been doing paranormal investigating now for 15 years. And um, it, it occurred to me that when we pass, we choose to stay here in a place where we either are familiar or where we, we may have died, like in a battlefield or a hospital or a prison or something like that. Um, and that's what I call a ghost. Okay. A spirit is the one that crosses over to the other side, goes into the light, goes to heaven or Valhalla or Elysium or whatever you want to call the other side. Mm -hmm. um, and the difference is, aside from location, there's an energy difference. So these, what happens after we die is the energy within us couples with memories, personality, and knowledge of this life. And as an energy entity... We need energy to get strong enough to communicate with the living. So ghosts use physical energies like heat, light, water, and electricity. You know, they can play with electricity. Uh, most haunted towns are actually by rivers or streams or, or lakes or oceans, as it turns out. Um, spirits can also use those same physical energies. But the difference is the emotional energies. Now, emotions are energetic. So ghosts use negative emotions like fear, anxiety, depression, and anger to power up, to get strong enough. Okay. Spirits use love, faith, and hope. That hmm. brings them back. Okay. Um, also, one other caveat is that ghosts can only communicate in the place that they chose to dwell. Spirits 
can meet you anywhere, any place in the world at any time. So there's a big difference between the two of them. Very interesting. All right. I, you know, I've, I've never heard it broken down like that before. I guess. Well, I think I'm the only one that really came up with that idea, but you know, it, because people would use ghosts and spirits interchangeably and yes. they're really not the same thing. Um, you know, they are an energy entity with our memories and personality, but, but it's all about location when it comes to that. So in that, then do you, and I take it then you separate then ghosts between, um, when we're talking about hauntings and we're talking about locations, yeah, such as, and we'll get into the birdcage theater here in Tombstone in a little bit. Um, when you're talking about an active haunting and a residual haunting, like an mm-hmm. energy scar, obviously that's tied to a location, much like mm-hmm. a ghost is tied to a location. So that's part of that ghost phenomena has nothing to do with a spirit, which is obviously active, and there's nothing residual about a spirit. Correct. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um. So with that, then, how is a, a, a spirit and a ghost? How is a human spirit and a ghost different from what we're dealing with with pets? What's different with the spiritual energy? Is it more evolved? Are we more evolved as humans? Are we fooling ourselves? Yeah, I think we're fooling ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Every living thing has the same energy. Every living thing. So what it is, energy coupled with memories, personality, and knowledge is a soul. That's what a soul is. And every living thing has that. Um, And every living thing can make a choice to go to either stay behind, which is the wrong choice, or cross over. Okay. And by the way, I've also learned, uh, Tim, that earthbound ghosts cannot communicate with spirits that's crossed over. Really? They can see them can't communicate with them for some reason and I, and the other thing too is that when you encounter an earthbound ghost because it requires <clears throat> so much energy to open a doorway earthbound ghosts are like a light bulb that doesn't have a a, a bright charge to it okay it, they're very like on the lowest dimmer switch setting mm-hmm. when you add physical energies or emotional energies you light that light bulb up that gives them strength but on paranormal investigations, I found that it takes like three to five living people to combine their emotional energies to be strong enough to open a doorway to the other side and cross them over. Okay. So that earthbound spirit on its own can't can't search for a doorway. Like, let's say, I'll give you an example. Uh, if an earthbound spirit is wandering and happens upon a funeral home, where like maybe a ghost, you mean, oh, I'm sorry, a ghost. See, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm interchanging. <laughs> I shouldn't be interchanging. Uh, an earthbound ghost is is wandering, finds maybe perhaps a portal that's there at a funeral home for one reason or another. <clears throat> um, it can't just go to that portal and cross over. No, they can. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, they actually, they absolutely can. So if a if a if there's a ghost that chooses to stay earthbound in the hospital for some reason mm-hmm. after they die because they're confused, okay. Um, once they kind of linger there for a little while, even though they lost the opportunity to go to go through their doorway, <clears throat> other people in the hospital will pass away, 
and more doorways will open and then they can go through those doorways. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's still the choice. There's, it's never the last train to Yuma. They, they right. yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> that so, was a good movie. It is a good, good movie. So they they can they can uh, they can go. Okay, well, wait a minute. There's another one. I, I'll grab this one, and and then they jump, and and then they're still there. Now, if they jump into that one, are there still going to be the relatives there? Are there still going to be the people there waiting for them, or are they going to get somebody else's people and go? Whoa, whoa, whoa not my reunion. Um, well, the way yeah, their relatives will find them immediately. Okay. Um, okay. Because the way the way I've found that it works is that love is really like a giant spider web of energy, mm-hmm. and, and that once they once they get near that threshold, suddenly it, it like calls out to everybody they're connected to. to okay. Okay. Now you, you talk about energy, and, and you talk about energy a lot as being that that binding mm-hmm. force that that is kind of this thing, whether it be pets, whether it be humans, that that kind of fuels everything, for lack of a better term. What is it about this energy or what type of energy is it that's fueling everything? Is it truly soul energy or is it an energy that's palpable that we can measure in scientific terms? Um, well, we can, we can, we know what kinds of energies. I don't know if we can really measure it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do draw on <clears throat> on the uh, the physical energies I mentioned, the heat, light, water, and electricity, um, and they draw on that emotional energy depending on who, which entity it is, whether it's a spirit or a ghost. Um, so, uh, one of the interesting things it, 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 we were talking about paranormal investigations. <clears throat> you may find this interesting. I finally come up with a a, uh, a theory for how cold spots develop when a an entity is present, okay. whether it's a ghost or a spirit, because spirits who cross over can use that create a same a cold spot. So, as a scientist, I'm a meteorologist in my day job. Oh, okay. and I, right. And I wanted to know why we feel cold spots when a ghost is trying to manifest. Mm-hmm. And here's what I came up with. Okay. So it's all about the movement of air molecules. So fast-moving molecules of air are warm air, like that in the tropics. They bounce off each other like crazy. In the Arctic, they're slow-moving. They're very slow. So what an entity does when they want to manifest is they draw the energy of motion out of those air molecules. Okay. And they slow them down. And that's why you get a cool spot where a ghost or a spirit is going to manifest. Oh, okay. Finally, somebody will have an answer. Yeah. See? <laughs> well, now now we can uh, now now paranormal investigators have an answer rather than just going, it's a cold spot. There's a right. ghost. That's right. That's right. Well, that's right. We need to talk to scientists, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's cool. I didn't know you were a meteorologist. There we go, Rob. See? Yeah. I got I got one in the family as well. He's a trombley. So there you go. Um so you've written this book, Case Files of Inspired ghost tracking what got you started on writing this i know you've got your own paranormal group correct yeah it's not my group it's uh, it's founded by a woman named margaret Ehrlich in in maryland and uh she founded the group back in 2008 mm-hmm. she had a paranormal experience too and her paranormal experience is actually in the introduction of that book um so they asked me to join as a medium when i came to their group uh, lecturing about my first book <laughs> okay and i never left so, 
Um, so what this what case files have inspired ghost tracking is is that any cases that we went on uh, in private homes, historic places, and so forth, whenever the team was called to investigate something for being paranormal, um, I was always one of the mediums, one of the two or three mediums that would go. And it, because I like to write, I'm the guy that did all the reports. Ah, <laughs> so all right. Those reports have become the basis of the first issue, the first volume of that that uh, book. Um, so these are true, true cases, but the, the names have changed, of course, because right. we want to protect the people. Um, but all the facts are there. So we've run into earthbound ghosts for a variety of reasons. I got to ask you, Rob, uh, in 2008, and we were doing the show in 2008, and, and of course, uh, talking with, uh, and, and, friends with the guys from taps at the time you were in an era where it was very much scientific and and skeptic based investigating mm -hmm. so and and yet you still had a lot of people who were who believed in the Ed Lorraine Warren and the uh, Hans Holzer method of bringing a good medium with and having that you know relying on a medium in in an investigation if you're going along, and it sounds like the group you were you were investigating with was was more of a Holzer based investigative type group, it, would that be accurate? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which I don't want to say was unusual for the time in 2008. I think the skeptic side was was more the unusual um, investigative technique. I think is 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 the way to put this, but. Tell me, if you would, from a medium's side of things, what is the difference for you to have a group that is backing your opinion, not your opinion, mm -hmm. scratch that, what I'm saying there, um, that is backing your findings. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to have a group that backs your findings versus a skeptical group that looks at you with a little bit of a side eye and questions your findings? on an investigation what's the difference with you that really uh, support is important <clears throat> as with any job even though it's not a paying job you have to surround your, yourself with people who support you and 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 have patience um now as a meteorologist i need to prove everything i get mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> so yeah. i'm my own worst you know critic <laughs> um and What's what's been very rewarding is that I will actually get confirmations of things. Like I sketch out um, on investigations, I sketch out the faces of the scene, and in the case files of inspired ghost track, and you'll see someone call this that I call the steelworker's ghost. He was a steelworker in Baltimore who had stayed behind as an earthbound ghost for various reasons and was inhabiting these this family's house. So I sketched him out. Um, the mediums go in last, by the way. The tech team goes in first. Okay. And we don't get any information at all. So when I, after I sketch that out, the manager got back to me and she she sent me an infrared image that was taken by the tech team who looks exactly like the sketch that I made. Wow. And that was confirmation. I was like, wow, that's crazy. But yeah. So that's what I look for. <laughs> That's that's nuts. That's good though. I mean, you know, to to get that kind of validation. I mean, that's 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 got to feel good. That's got to feel good. 
So over the years, especially since 2008, that's a lot of years of investigating and that's a lot of years of, of, I don't want to use the word credibility, but I'll use it. That's, that's a, a lot of years of credibility built up with one group and yeah. having that there and having that been said, have you worked with other investigative groups as well as your, your own group? Or do you tend to want to stick with that group because you've got chemistry there? So I, I have not worked with another group um, <clears throat> simply because when you, you know, when you find a great bunch of people who, who understand you and support you and work well with you. I mean, there are a lot of intuitive people too on the group that, that and they're all seasoned. They've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we have mutual respect for each other and that's really what's important. Uh, I, even with, you know, with any job. Um, and I do have to tell you that I'm not in Maryland anymore. I moved to Northern New England, but I still work with them. I even do remote things and, and recommend uh, investigations to them. So really, but that's quite a haul. I was going to say, if you're, if you're going to, especially if you're going to go down and investigate, it's, it's, so, and, yeah. So but because it's about energy, you can connect. <clears throat> it's just like connecting from the other side to this side uh, mm-hmm. when there's a spirit on the other side versus a ghost, it's about energy. And, and we've remotely, <laughs> we've done some remote crossings. There's been a medium on site, a friend of mine, Troy, <clears throat> um, in the group, and I've been on the phone with him at the same time and we work together very interesting wow okay now i i've seen some interesting things done via zoom especially during the pandemic but uh, yeah i I can imagine that that's that's interesting i and uh, let me ask you this uh rob during the pandemic did it did it change the way your group did things uh sure there well of course there were a lot right right few, few investigations um, we did do um, we did a crossing. We did a couple of crossings over. Um, one of them was outside, actually, in the backyard of a house. Really? Because it was, it was an earthbound ghost. Turned out to be a Native American, um, who, uh, which is unusual for for a ghost to be outdoors, because um, normally they need shelter from the elements because the elements will wear them away, like energy, uh, like rain and wind cause erosion mm-hmm. same thing with the ghost um but we did cross one over from outside a ghost that was pounding on the back of a house every week with his fist really <laughs> so uh, and, and that's a long story but wow wow interesting interesting let me ask you this uh with with everything that you've had go on with your paranormal group have you ever had a an instance where you've had to turn someone away, just say, you know, we can't take this, we can't take this case. We just, it's for one reason or another. So the manager of the group is the one that actually decides on the cases. Um, And she puts everybody through a two hour uh, interview and questionnaire. So she makes sure that's the way that she kind of weeds out who's like legitimate and who's not. (laughs) So, yeah, so we have, you know, there there have been people, some people with that have come to us, uh, will come to her that have had you know, suffering from mental illness, um, and and you know she recommends getting some help from other sources like therapeutic sources. Okay, okay. We've talked about ghosts. We've talked about spirits. The difference between the two. Where do poltergeists fall into this? And and has the group had poltergeist encounters? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we have. I think there are four of them in the case files of Inspired Ghost Tracking book. So poltergeists 
are it, it's emotional energy from a living person that simulates the activities of a ghost. Okay. And we have found that in the four cases, they've all been tied to teenage, teenage girls. Mm-hmm. I think there was one teenage boy. Um, and usually it's it, because teenagers are going through a lot of change and there's a lot of, uh, you know, emotional struggle and so forth. And, and they can, they project those mental energies in one particular case in the book. Um, we, there was, um, we went into a home and, and there were a couple of things going on there. <laughs> there was actually an attachment of a ghost, a male ghost to a piece of jewelry, which is mm-hmm. very unusual for a ghost to attach itself to anything, but that's a long story. Mm-hmm. And then we were actually called in because um, the youngest daughter, there were two daughters, the youngest daughter was terrified. She kept seeing shadow figures and things kept uh, moving in her, in her room and so forth. So we went into both rooms. The girls weren't there. We never met them, actually. Mm-hmm. And both myself and the other medium, Troy, we immediately sensed that there was there was a problem here. The oldest daughter was the, the one that was creating this poltergeist activity. When we t- talked to the homeowner, she said, oh, yeah, my oldest daughter does not like my youngest daughter. There's a mm-hmm. lot of animosity there. And um, so we recommended therapy for the older daughter. When we touched base back six months later, the older daughter had received therapy, the poltergeist activity ceased, and everything was calm. Really? Now, that is crazy. That's nuts, especially the the fighting between the daughters. I mean, not that that's nuts. That happens in a lot of households. But the fact that that sparks that type of activity is, is nuts. Uh, you mentioned a phenomena that that a lot of people question as to what it is exactly. That's shadow people. In your psychic sense and in, in your investigative sense, put on your investigator hat, the near your psychic hat, what do you sense shadow people really are? So shadow, in my experience, um, my experience may certainly differ from everybody else's, but in my experience, uh, shadows, shadow people are just either earthbound ghosts or spirits that have crossed over, but they don't have enough energy. And because they don't have that energy, they can't appear in full color. So they appear as a shadow. Um, it takes, it, it doesn't take as much energy to appear as a shadow. And, you know, really, you, they have to find the right energy sources in order to do that. Um, my aunt appeared to me as a shadow figure. And I knew it was her because she kept coming to me, asking me to get forgiveness from my mother <laughs> um, for the way that they, you know, she mistreated my mother through her lifetime. She wanted to, she was on, she had crossed over, but she was on the lowest level of the afterlife and she wanted to, you know, ascend. Um, and I have to tell you, Tim, if you have an Italian mother, like I did, <laughs> <laughs> they invented the word vendetta. So, it took me 25 years to get my mother to forgive my aunt. And then my aunt stopped coming to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, um, I, I've been told a lot of different things about shadow people. I mean, I've been told everything for, and I've been interviewed a lot of different people throughout 18 years. And what I've been told, Rob, is everything from, well, it could be potentially alien to gin to, and, and, but I heard recently from somebody I trust 
<laughs> the exact same, same thing that you've just told me just now. Really? Yes. Awesome. Yes. And with and it was someone who's psychic. And with that, they also told me something else. And that is, and, and believe it or not, it was a relative that has appeared in my house. And I'm absolutely astounded you just told me that story. You've just, oh, you've just blown me away. <laughs> and, and the, the, and it was a relative who's very close to me. And this psychic told me this person ha- just doesn't quite know how to manifest themselves to you. But mm-hmm. if you've seen shadows out of the corner of your eye, mm-hmm. it's this person and they're just there and they eventually they'll try to figure out how to become a full body apparition and just say hi to you. They, they yeah. just, they just care. They just are looking in on you. They just want you to know they love you. They care. They're there. That's it. Yeah. They need, they probably just need energy. They need more energy. But so um, I would, I would address them, Tim, and I would tell them, try to go the dream route because the dream route is the easiest way for them to communicate with you. And they don't have to find the energy to manifest. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. But you just blew me away there, Rob, because I'd only heard that once. And I thought, God, that's kind of, to me, it seemed kind of sad. But now that you've put it that way, it's not a sad thing. It's It's a, I get it. You just can't power up. You can't level up. You're trying to find yeah, a way to, yeah. It's really it. about energy. For me, the entire paranormal field is really defined by energy. Um, and, you know, some of the other things that are shadows, they could be alien life forms that have come to Earth. We Just as we pass as a spirit, we can go anywhere we want to. We can explore other solar systems. You can go to Alpha Centauri. Um, it doesn't matter. And my theory about that is that that goes into the kind of demon thing theory is that they are just entities, living, living organisms from another solar system that don't know what we are. And when they encounter us, even in spirit form, they become offensive because they are afraid of us, just like we would be afraid of them. And that's, that's it. Let's let's delve into it a little deeper now that you've brought it up, Rob. Do you are you of a mind that there is no such thing as quote unquote biblical demons? Yes, I I am of that mind. Okay. Yeah. So you don't believe there's a heaven and hell? Um, I believe there's a heaven. Okay. Heaven is the other side where where the light is. The, the um you know you. And I think there's also kind of a, it's a collective consciousness. That's what I, I get revealed to by, that, that's what gets revealed to me by spirit, okay. by spirits who cross over, is that it's a collective consciousness. And that's what we call, you know, some people call God, mm-hmm. other people call whatever they want. Um, and that's what it is. It's all love. Hmm. Um, so, yes, there is absolutely a, a heaven, paradise, whatever, okay. on the other side. Um, I don't think there's a hell i mean to me hell is being trapped as an earthbound ghost where you can't communicate and you're stuck in the same spot for eternity um i do know that you know i i do know that that dante's inversion version of hell was was put together to scare people to behave better sure yeah you know and and it did it worked (laughs) magnificently (laughs) yes yeah yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's frightening. But, um, but yeah, so I, I just think some of those, those evil kind of entities are, are maybe life forms from other places. What do you sense psychically happens to serial killers and Hitler and, and um, people who commit atrocities to, to the world in general? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what happens to them, but my guess is that they would opt to be earthbound ghosts because when they die, they get an awakening that what they did was atrocious Okay. And that they're afraid, they're terrified to cross over. I, I got to think, it, but okay, I'm, I know I'm making this difficult, Rob, but it's my job. No, 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 um, it's all good. You're going to have in that personality a bit of narcissism. You're going to have the person who believes they're righteous. You're going to have the person who, especially the ones who, who commit crimes in the name of religion, who believe mm-hmm. they've done what they've done because they've been motivated by their God. That person who believes they're going to be rewarded is probably going to want to step through that light and get their reward. Well, they're going to step through that light. They're not going to get rewarded. <laughs> but so but then, they then, will get a massive awakening that what they believed in was not correct. Okay, so then what happens? What what happens when they step to that light? Is it just a huge smack in the face or... or I mean, something has to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't know, because I, I haven't crossed over. But, um, you know, I, I, I know it is it, it's probably like a uh, an emotional slap in the face that, hey, you've lived your life incorrectly this entire way and you've caused a lot of hurt and damage to living people. Um, and now you're going to atone for it by being thrown in the lowest level of the afterlife. I, I know a lot of us would like to think that there's just as much, much justice dealt out or more mm-hmm. on the other side yeah. as we could ever deal out here if they were ever caught. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because it's it's such an atrocity on a soul. Oh, sure. And and yeah. we know that we're not meant to live that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. But it's it and, and to think that we could that someone could live their life and get away with it and then escape through death, I think, is the ultimate cheat. You know, I it, it I, I think it is. But the lowest level of the afterlife is really not the best place to be either. I mean, so you know, my like I said, my aunt came to me begging for twenty five years. I mean, twenty five years, a long time to yeah. beg yeah. to get out of that low level of the afterlife. And people like, you know, like horrible people in, in history, like Genghis Khan or, or, or Hitler, they're stuck there because they're not going to get forgiveness. So true. Yeah. Forgiveness uh, or forgotten. I, I, I've always heard that the, you know, the, what is it? The, the, you're truly dead when the last person has spoke your name or, or mm-hmm. is that what it is? Yeah. Um, it would make sense. I mean, because that would be the last person that would be uh, able to forgive you for what you've done. Yeah. 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 Let's, uh, I'll, I'll take it to a, another route here. Let's, okay, uh, let's pretty change. heavy stuff. Yeah, it is. It's pretty heavy <laughs> stuff. I, I'm known for that sometimes. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's take it to a different area in, in the types of houses that can be haunted. I know we, when we generally, when we're talking about, um, 
a haunted house or, or a, a place that can be haunted. We, we are generally talking about older houses, but can new mm-hmm. houses be haunted? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I have encountered that as well. Um, in fact, that uh, citing that steelworkers ghost story, mm-hmm. that that um, that ghost, that particular ghost was uh, uh, was haunting a townhouse that was built like 20 years ago. And he's from the 1930s. <laughs> really? Huh. Yeah. So he was. So what happens is when a ghost chooses to inhabit a structure, a given structure, and that structure is torn down, mm-hmm. that ghost has to go somewhere else. OK. So it finds the nearest structure. Um, and, uh, and that, that was that case there. Um, a similar thing happened when I was in England on, in my ghosts of England on the medium's vacation book, I, we stayed at a luxury bed and breakfast called the Thornbury castle, which was, which was a Tudor era castle built in the 1500s, um, now turned into a bed and breakfast. And in my room, <laughs> there was a dead guy. <laughs> and, and he told me his first name. He gave me years that he was the years he was alive. He told me about uh, uh, a significant battle that um, raged nearby and and, uh, and and all kinds of information. And when I got home, I figured out who he was. And and I, I put the identity of his identity in the book and why he was there. Okay. Um, Thornbury Castle is the last surviving structure from that time when he lived because the other structures that he inhabited have been torn down. So he had to oh. go to the only place that he knew. Very interesting. It's yeah. a good segue, Rob, to, to start talking about vacations. I mean, you brought up vacations. Um, <laughs> and again, folks, uh, the um, we were talking about the uh, the inspired ghost tracking book. Ghosts and Spirits is, is the is the a series of books. I don't mean to be uh, tripping over sure. that, Rob, but you've got different series of books here. And, and we, we want to remind people that um, we've got a link to your website to talk about the, uh, to, to order the different series of books. You've got Pets in the Afterlife, uh, one through four. Um, you've got uh, the Ghosts and Spirits line, right? Which is, mm-hmm. which is uh, what we've been talking about. And then you also have what we're going to be talking about now, um, we're going to talk about what a medium does on vacation. You just had a beautiful story about ghosts talking to you on vacation. Do you ever get a day off? Is this is this the uh, deal with a medium? Do you do you just happen to do you take vacation? Do you make the paranormal a vacation destination? Do you decide you're going to much like with the birdcage or tombstone that you're going to these destinations or do you decide that you know what i just want to turn everything off and i'm going to go to the bahamas and, and sit on a chaise lounge for a while yeah it, i i do not plan vacations around paranormal investigations i want nothing to do with paranormal when i'm on vacation i want to relax and uh, what i've found is that because i'm relaxed that's when they're able to come through to me much more easily than uh. they would if I'm living my daily life and, you know, preoccupied with running the store or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah. But why, why the birdcage theater? What, what drew you to the birdcage or birdcage theater? So there's a couple of, uh, there's a kind of a weird backstory and there's a chapter in here specifically about that. And, and it all, as it turns out, Tim, I had a past life experience. Okay. 
in and it, it turned out it was tombstone in the 1880s and i figured that out decades after but in 1993 when the movie tombstone came out with kurt russell and Dal kilmer i was enamored with it and i was fascinated by it and something was oddly familiar to me about that and i had never heard of wyatt Earp before that um and in 1994 i convinced a friend of mine to go out with me on vacation to tombstone mm -hmm. now, in 1994 there were no cell phones no laptops, no computers, no generated maps, nothing. So um, so we went out because I really wanted to see it. And we went, we did something fun that I've never done before and I've never done again. <laughs> I dressed up as Wyatt Earp, he dressed up as Doc Holliday, and we decided we were going to tour the town that way and just have fun. Oh, wow. So when we, when we first walked into the town of Tombstone, we we had just come in from uh, we were on I think it was Allen Street. Um, we had parked near the Birdcage Theater in a parking lot, which is the end of town. Yep. We were in front of the Birdcage Theater, and the tourists came up to us thinking we were reenactors because they reenact the shootout at the OK Corral there. Yep. And he said, "How do I get to the courthouse?" And I told him. I told him. I told him you go down two blocks and you take a left, and then you you go down one block and you take a right, and it's on your left hand side. And my my friend looked at me and he says, "What the heck did you just do?" <laughs> he says, "We just got here. Tombstone is a dot on a tiny little map that we have. We have this big state map and a tiny little dot. And there's no way I could have known where it was." Oh wow! And we followed my we followed my directions, and sure enough, that's exactly where it was. And he said, "How in the heck did you know where it was?" And I said, I have no idea. And now I know. Wow. I lived in, in the 1880s in Tombstone. Wow. You know, uh, uh, quite a few years back, we did uh, we did a podcast from Tombstone. We had a, a, a friend and a listener who, who arranged to... Uh, awesome. Arranged to have us out. And I'm trying to remember the name of the historic house where we stayed. I, 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 too many hits to the head, Rob. I played too many sports. Um, it was a wonderful time. We, we did quite a few podcasts from there. Um, and there was something about it. There was just something about the town. Like you said, that feels familiar. There's, it, I don't know what it is, but it, it felt really familiar and I could talk to you off air about it, but, but there were some interesting experiences there, there but yeah, it, there was just something that felt like home. It was, it was hard to explain. It was just have you hard. done a past life regression to figure it out? I've I've never done a past life regression. Um, <clears throat> the last time that I was put under deep hypnosis, I was pulled out of it because I was screaming and crying so hard they thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So they they pulled me out. I, I and and this was just a basic therapy session to get to basic. It was it was when I was in my twenties, so I was okay. Yeah, so they 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 didn't understand why I was so hysteric, but I, I think it might have had to do something with a past life. Mm -hmm. So it they could, they yeah, went they went too deep. They went too deep, so they they pulled me out. So I don't know. It was wow. kind of weird. It's kind of a weird uh, weird deal there, Rob. But um, yeah, so interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Um, 
have you had have you felt like that in other locations on the planet when you vacation that you belong to an area like that before no no <laughs> that was it <clears throat> yeah no that was it um and and the reason well the reason we went to england by the way is that my husband always was attracted to the tudor era of okay. england yeah maybe the eighth so forth and felt some kind of familiarity with it and um in my upcoming book which is ghosts of ireland on the medium's vacation uh-huh. Uh-huh. um we figured out his past life really so, yes yeah it was and it was extremely mind-blowing but um yeah but tombstone has so much um fascination for me and and when, so when i went in 2019 i took a friend I, I went with a friend who had never had experience with hauntings and i told him i said wow look the birdcage is actually offering ghost tours and now that my ability has come out because my ability was dormant in 1993 i said it could be very interesting yeah so he said okay we'll go and we did and i, I encountered 11 ghosts in two hours confirmed the identities of every one of them at least really? they were ghosts that were encountered by the people that worked there mm-hmm. um and uh, and my friend saw two ghosts he took a photograph of one in a mirror and he actually saw another one <laughs> standing in the doorway that i actually he he asked me to look and i looked and i saw the ghost and then i saw it fade away and oh, um, wow. so he became a believer by the time he left <laughs> wow Wow. So, wow. Huh. So you, you turned a, a skeptic into a believer right there at the birdcage. Yeah. So how many, how many times have you been back to uh, Tombstone then? I think four. Uh, I went in 90, 94 and 98. Both times I wore, I didn't have my abilities. Um, but I went in 2019 and then I came after I published my book and I think it was, uh, 2021. Um, uh, I had befriended the the manager of the birdcage, Billy Hunley, and his wife, and they're really awesome. So when I published the book, I came back in 2022 for a book signing. Okay. And I met, I re-met three of the ghosts that came back out, and I met two more. So. Really? And one of them, one of them, the guy that shot me in the throat three times, um, he... It, this is not in the book, but when I was there in 2022 for the book signing, I went back in the theater and I thought, oh, I'm going to record short little videos of places within the birdcage where I encountered different ghosts. Mm-hmm. So after the, I went in the back and, and where this guy, Jerome, who was a jerk, and I can understand why he was shot in the throat, um, I told him, I said, I am respectfully going to just go around with this device. This is like a camera. And I'm going to just say some things about, about the different fellow ghosts that are here. And I said, um, I would respectfully ask that you not, you know, interfere. Sure. <laughs> well, he didn't like that. Because Tim, when I got outside, every video that I made inside was a squealing high pitch over my voice. And I have them on my YouTube channel. You can't hear me at all. You can only hear his interference. Um, when I went outside and I recorded another video, the video was fine. The audio was fine. But inside, he 
he played with my video. <laughs> okay, we're going to put a link up to your YouTube page as well because I want people to see these videos. Um, that's that's amazing. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. But the other thing about that, I, I mentioned sketching. So um, I sketched out, I think, four or five uh, of the ghosts that I encountered in um, the bird cage. I sketched them out. So I'm going to show you yeah. here. Um, that's yeah. the guy that was shot in the throat. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the, you'll find these sketches throughout my book, um, Ghosts of the Birdcage Theater on a Medium's Vacation, and um, and their stories. And every, like I said, every one of them was confirmed by people that work there. Crazy. Really? It's just unbelievable. And to me, that was awesome because I need that confirmation. Yes, absolutely. Well, and uh, yeah, and to get that straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, I mean, you're in tombstone, um, but to get that straight from the horse's mouth is is great. I mean, it, it just is great. And and it, let me ask you, this may seem like an odd question, Rob, but have you ever thought about getting vacation property in, in tombstone or getting a property in tombstone to, you know, if it does it feel like home or does it feel almost adversarial to be there? Does it feel like it wasn't a great life in tombstone? It was a hard life. Um, yeah. When I did a past life regression, it was I, I found out that I was a silver miner and um, and I had a hound dog and I lived in a wooden cabin and it was a really hard life. So no, no, you don't want <laughs> um, to be. There. I I also can't stay in places that are haunted because they never leave me alone. They never okay. let me sleep. Okay, so it's not a place you'd want vacation property. Nope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say for a guy like me, that's broken down. I, I, I love the weather there. I I've never felt better in my life than when I, I was in tombstone. I, I didn't, I didn't ache at all. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I can imagine with all the, the ghosts and, and the past life and everything, it's probably not your cup of tea. Yeah. I want to, I want to relax when I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe the Bahamas is, is, is more your speed. <laughs> maybe. Um, well, wow. Well, the books are, 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 they sound fascinating, Rob. I mean, and, and of course the, we've got links to all of them, the ghosts of the birdcage theater on a medium's vacation, ghosts and spirits, uh, lessons learned from talking to the dead and pets in the afterlife one two and three and now four because you've got mm -hmm. the one on cats yeah. um ghosts of england on a medium's vacation kindred spirits how a medium befriended a spirit and case files of inspired ghost tracking we've got the link in the description of this program robguttrow.com of course is one of them and petspirits.com we've got it all up there and we'll have a link to your youtube page as well because i want people to see the videos you're talking about oh okay yeah yeah pretty yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have it all up in the description of this program rob i want to thank you so much for being here today oh thank you tim this has been such a pleasure to talk with you today all right thank you sir want to thank Rob Guttrow for being on the program today. Again, we've got links in the description of this program so you can order those books and get to know Rob a little bit better. Get to know uh, the, the Pets in the Afterlife series and uh, his paranormal team much, much more. Even where a medium goes on vacation, which I find extremely interesting how you turn that off. Even when you're surrounded every day, think about it. I mean, you're surrounded by people anyways when you go on vacation, but then to be surrounded by ghosts on top of it, it's got to be a little maddening trying to turn that off. Just that series alone is interesting. We'll also get Rob's YouTube uh, 
links up there as well. So you can watch those videos from Tombstone. I got to think that that life, that past life had to be incredibly tough as well. So we'll get all that together for you in the description of this program. So you can check all that out on your own. Folks, I want to thank you so much for continuing to listen to this program. I know I may harp on it a little bit, but again, an attitude of gratitude. I greatly appreciate you listening to this program, taking time out of your busy schedules to continue to listen to this program and appreciate you uh, as a listener and continuing to take in the, the content of this program. If you have a guest that you want to hear from on this program and information that you want to hear on this program, drop me a line, Tim at darknessradio.com. I'm always eager to find new products and new guests for you on this program. When I say products, I mean uh, things you want to consume, movies, books, um, different things that you want to look at or you different guests you want to take a look at. And different topics, um, you know, I mean, there's different things a little on the fringe of the paranormal that you may want to take a look at that maybe I may not be getting or I may be missing that you want to see on this program as well. Drop me a line. Let me know. Tim at darknessradio.com. Just a little reminder as well, uh, folks, I know we like to binge stuff. You know, we like to binge our programming, put it all together, listen to it in one shot. I like to do it. I do it myself with my uh, with my video stuff. Um, but if you could try to listen to it within two weeks of us uh, uploading the show for you, reason being is that we want to be able to get proper credit for the the show. One and two, we want to be able to get proper credit for our advertisers. Otherwise, they don't stick around, and we don't make money, and we may not be around if we don't make money. So that's that's kind of the deal. Um, so if you could, please uh, listen to the show within a couple of weeks of getting it in your queue. That's all we can ask from your buddies here at Darkness Radio. With that being said, uh, be a light in the darkness to somebody this weekend. If you could, it's a great weekend to get out there and, and do something for someone else as you're doing something for yourself. Uh, if someone needs a little help uh, in their house or in their yard this weekend, take a little time to be a member of your community, or just a good member of your family and get out there and do something for somebody this weekend. I know uh, I've got a little extra time this weekend, so I may just do that as well. So not going to beat you over the head with it, but be a little light in the darkness this weekend if you could. Just a little tip from your friends here at Darkness Radio. Got some exciting shows coming up in the next couple of weeks here for you. Here on Darkness Radio, we're going to have Jeff Belanger stop by. Also, Lon Strickler will stop by as well. And uh, some good stuff on the True Crime Tuesday uh, side of things as well. Things are shaping up quite nicely for November. We got holidays coming up as well. We got Thanksgiving coming up. Looking forward to that. Stuff in my face. I know you guys are probably looking forward to that as well. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of turkey and stuffing and all that other stuff. So I like November. I'm partial to it. I love fall. Fall is one of my favorite times of year. So. It's a good time for your boy here. I, I hope it's a good time for you as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to another great week next week here on the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.